Future trading involves risk and is not suitable for all investors. Content provided in this segment is meant for educational purposes and is not a solicitation to buy or sell commodities. All right, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to another GDT Tuesday. I am your host, Cody. With me, Mr. John Spainhauer from Chicago. John, how are we doing? Great, Cody. Thanks for having me here, and I'm excited to join you on this beautiful GDT Tuesday afternoon. Well, speaking of a beautiful GDT, I think this is the you know global dairy trade that you've been talking about the past couple of weeks that we've been waiting for, yeah? Yeah, you know, we've talked about it for a long time coming, and the idea that, uh, you know, we have lower milk production in several key regions of the world from a production standpoint. We've noticed it here in the U.S. for the last couple weeks or last couple months, um, kind of a declining number out there, and it really started to kick in about two months ago. Our milk production showed a loss of cows on this report and revised on the last report, and so combined, that put us at about a negative 70,000 cows. So we'd already started to see the U.S. We've been seeing the European milk production number kind of surprise us with how low it was going. We had already been seeing that happen and that had pushed European prices significantly higher. And, you know, that had already brought people here into the U.S. and started supporting the New Zealand exchange. Um, And then it was just this past week or so we started to see and uh, hear about milk production in New Zealand suffering. And, you know, the September official number came in, I believe it was 4% lower for New Zealand. And as we move into October, which is going to be their peak production region time, excuse me, I don't know that it's going to be significantly lower, but it's not higher and they didn't really make up any ground. So that really sparked some interest here. And then today, the result is that you get a GDT that moves 4.4% higher, I believe. We had a a broad-based rally across almost all categories. I think buttermilk powder didn't quite make it, but uh, really some significant increases across the board, the most notable of which was cheese. Cheese on the auction today was up 14%. That was the leader, and that's going to come in about $2.29 there, uh, almost two thirty on the GDT cheese. So again, Uh, A lot of things culminating. We've been watching it. We've been expecting to see those prices move higher. We were a little surprised last week when the GDT didn't, or excuse me, two weeks ago when it didn't perform as well as it possibly could have. And then today, boom, all of a sudden we just get this broad-based rally coming in. So, John, I guess a quick question that I think a lot of people are going to ask and a lot of people are wondering about is if their cheddar cheese price is at about $2.30, we'll call it. Our cheese price after today's spot is at a dollar sixty-seven. You're talking about a about a sixty-two cent discrepancy. The United States below the rest of the world. Do you think, even with the problems that we're seeing in the ports, this is going to bolster uh, quite a bit of of shipping of our product? You know, Cody, timing's everything, and that's really the name of this game here. I don't really know how to pin it down. What I will say is, is that Europe at 220 cheese, and New Zealand now at 230 cheese, and the U.S. at a dollar 70 cheese, that is going to bolster exports. There, are, there could be some more port problems. There, there may be, they don't want this cheese and we've got that cheese. It may take a few weeks to maybe a month longer than what I might want to give it credit for. But the fact of the matter is sooner than later, my guess is, is that you're going to see that cheese market respond. 
especially as we look out on the deferred curve here and we see that not only do we have cheaper prices today, but we likely have cheaper prices tomorrow when you use the futures curve to incentivize some of these exports. As long as those ports are moving, which again, we may run into some issues, but as long as those ports are running, I would expect to see exports being booked right now and that the net result of those exports is, is that we see this cheese market move higher into the 2022 calendar year. Even on, I mean, when you look at our, you know, our butter price compared to their butter price, kind of moving away from cheddar cheese really fast, we still have quite a bit of lag, though, in in the price discrepancy on that side of the commodities also. Yeah, you bet. Butter is a tough one. The fact of the matter is, is that if everybody had their druthers right, the world market trades 82% unsalted butter. We manufacture here in the U.S. 80% fat salted butter. There is a, a it is a discrepancy. There's just no way around it. And when things, you know, when people have choices, they say, I don't want that butter. When they don't have a choice, they have to come here to the U.S. and they will take that butter. They can even pay the manufacturers to, uh, you know, run it at at an 82% unsalted, but they have to make a commitment and they typically have to pay a premium. Right now we're in the holiday period and nobody wants to do that. But as we move into Q1, I suspect we'll see people more willing to do that and we'll see buyers more willing to take whatever butter they can just due to the price discrepancy. So longer term, based on what we're seeing in the world market, I would still expect to see more upside out of that butter market you know, here in the U.S. And that's, that's probably going to be sparked by more exports of butter as we move into the new year. Do you think the exports will continue even after... The holiday season. I know they'll continue. Do you think they'll be as good as they've been as of recent uh, with the holiday season starting to uh, kind of slow down a little bit? Well, uh, you know, that's going to be our more domestic side of things. I think just the world market in general is short butter. You know, we, the world market has been consuming a lot of butter and it's very reliant upon Europe to manufacture that butter. With European milk production suffering, that butter fat is just not there. And as a result, people, you know, you've got the European butter price. You know, you mentioned GDT butter today, but it, it you know, maybe around 225 or so, but it's the European butter price that's really shocking. It's at 272. So those prices there have already moved and we're at levels that can and will spark exports on that. So I don't think it's a a matter of the holiday season as much as it's going to be a matter of just the international market is overall relatively tight. Gotcha. Now, a big one that you and I have been hammering on the past couple of podcasts has been the difference between nonfat and whole milk powder. Now, what was it, two weeks ago, I think, our price and the, the GDT price pretty much came to coincide with each other almost one-to-one. This week, whole milk powder has really taken off. I think it was up about 3, 3.1% is what I'm looking at right here. Whole milk powder was up 2.1% today. Skim milk powder was actually up 66 um, I don't have my index in front of me yet, but my guess is is that you know whole milk powder is just not performing as well as butter and nonfat right now. So the the overall composite index of butter, fat, and skim milk powder combined um, came into this auction at a premium to whole milk powder. I suspect that whole milk powder will continue, uh, or that 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 we widen that. I just haven't been able to get my calculation together here this morning. But 
what I can look at that and say is that that tells us something here, that my suspicion is that the Chinese were here. Uh, they just weren't here in quite as robust a way as they were in the past. China really wants whole milk powder. Uh, they, they bring in a lot of other products, but they really want to buy whole milk powder. There's a lot of people out there right now that feel like China's winding down their purchasing program. I'm not one of them, but if I was one of those people and I saw, you know, the Chinese participation on the exchange today slow down, I might say, eh, maybe, maybe they are. Where we saw though was cheese really explode. We saw skim explode. We saw butter really move. Um, and you, when I look at those, I tend to say, well, those aren't necessarily Chinese-driven demand. That could be places all over the world. And specific here, we saw middle. East North Africa really get busy today. And we've seen them at some of their highest participation in quite a long time. My sense of that is, is normally they buy a lot of product out of Europe, right across the uh, Mediterranean there is pretty, a pretty easy place to get product. When you've got a problem in Europe right now, not only is the price significantly higher, but the availability might not be there. So we see them show up on the GDT. And as a result, those prices go higher. I also suspect that the Middle East, North African buyers are here in the U.S. as well. What I'm trying to get at here is that whole milk powder, while it was higher, isn't really the driver right now. It seems to be these other places in the world. And again, I think that's driven a lot by the slowdown in production in Europe. I will also say that China did do a significant amount of buying earlier in the year. They built their inventories, they got their purchasing done, and a lot of other countries didn't. One could make the case that China's slowing down because they're already long, and now other people have to come in here and get their buying done. Do you think that coming from some of these Middle Eastern countries that you say we're getting a little bit more busy uh, on the GDT has anything to do with the crude price being up? I mean, continuously, it seems like every time we do one of these podcasts, we see another jump uh, week to week, every two weeks. I guess, uh, as my dad would say, it certainly didn't hurt anything. Um <laughs> You know, if we look at countries like, you know, some of the Central American countries and definitely the Middle Eastern countries, a big part of their economy and a big part of their ability as a government to spend and consume is going to be driven by revenues and their revenues are going to be driven by the price that they're getting for their crude oil and some of their petrochemicals. So when we see that price move higher, one way or another, that's either putting money in the government's pocket that they can make further purchases with, or it's putting money into the local economy, which is going to stimulate that demand. There's just no way around it that a higher crude price is going to be good for dairy products in general. Understood. My last parting element here, Cody, I'm going to interrupt for a second and just say that if I was looking at one thing right now, we can say, boy, this auction did about what we expected to do. That's pretty spectacular. In general, the U.S. skim milk powder price at a dollar fifty-seven, right, or nonfat, yep. really isn't that far behind New Zealand at a dollar sixty-four. So, is there upside there? Probably, but we'll need to see continued upside out of the world market. If I look over over at the butter price, we're at $1.98 and New Zealand's at $2.36 after today's auction and Europe's at $2.72. Not entirely unexpected to me that we would see prices continue to move higher like this. The one that really sticks out to me back here in the U.S. and the one that now we need to, in my opinion, is going to have a, a bullseye on its back is going to be the cheese market. If we look at today's cheese, uh, we can go to a couple different metrics to support that argument. If we go to today's cheese market on the GDT, it came in at 230 
right? If we go to New Zealand, we're at 217, almost 220. Here's the US market at $1.70. We already talked about the potential for exports there, right? That, that's already there. Um, but if you come back as well and come back to the US and say right now, the, the current class three market is about 1736 with no premiums in there. If I go over to the class four market, I'm at 1968 right? A pretty, you know, almost a $2.40 spread between the two, class three and class four. In my opinion, that's something that is going to generate uh, the movement of milk out of class three and into class four. And it's just going to, what we should start to see more milk solids make their way into class four here in the U.S. and less into class three. Timing is everything. I don't want to say, pretend in any way that I've got the answer to that. I'm just a little surprised, but that we saw what it did today, especially here in the U.S. But again, if we look at putting it up against the world market and the potential for exports, as well as the class three, four spread here, I think one can make a pretty strong case that, you know, if it's not today, if it's not next week, but sometime as we move forward here, we're going to see a pretty decent correction in that class three, class four spread. And that's, you know, tells me that the cheese market is going to find some support in here again and and move forward and probably move higher as long as we continue to see these world market prices in this class four market as high as they are compared to the U.S. class three and or cheese market. I appreciate you saying that you, you don't have all the answers. No one really does. It's just a personal opinion. Um, but were you kind of surprised after the GDT that we had today with cheddar being so high that we saw what we did happen to our barrel price. Boy, I tell you, Cody, in this market these days, nothing surprises me anymore. There you um, go. That's actually I, a pretty good answer, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my sense of things is, is you know, if we look directly at that, that block barrel spread was relatively out of line here. Uh, we saw barrels move higher over the last few weeks and blocks move lower. And then I, I think that that really, that at the block manufacturing level, that's a bit of a pain point. And if we go back to the, you know, when the spread is, was blocks over barrels, that's a bit of a pain point for the, the barrel manufacturers. So we, we're trying to find this equilibrium in there. My sense of things is, is that at the very least, with the barrel market being significantly higher than the block market, that what we had was people move milk out of blocks and into barrels. It created a little bit more sell side capacity on the barrel side. And what we're seeing here is a correction of that spread. And it, the spread is almost at, at par now. Um, so my, 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 I guess my sense of things would be that today's action was probably more of a correcting of the spread in the barrel side. If we were to see the block market move higher, which I do think we can, I think you can probably see the barrels move back the other way as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I guess time will tell. Uh, and with that, I think that's going to do it for John and I on the first GDT of November here. Okay. Thank you very much, everybody. And I hope everybody has a, a great two weeks. Keep in mind that uh, moving forward into the next auction, it starts at 6 a.m., not 7 a.m. And your loving host here will, or guest on this auction, will be here in his seat at 6 a.m. to monitor each and every round of the GDT as it happens as we move past daylight savings time. And that's why the people love you, John. <laughs> I hope so. Thank you <laughs> very for, much. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you guys next time.